Okay, what an incredible story that was. Thank you so much, Kenna. Great stuff. Well, yeah, we're in Hebrews chapter 12, um, and um, there's three key themes that I want to draw out of Hebrews chapter 12. And um, I thought I'd come up with a really clever way to help you remember it, using something that we uh, see really regularly um, at the moment. It's a graphic that we see all over Nottingham. Uh, Whenever the government do any particular um, uh, sort of announcement about COVID stuff, we see this. So let's have it up there. And then I want you to get ready to give the uh, graphics team a round of applause because they have worked tirelessly on, uh, on this graphic, this amended version that I've now given a massive build up and it's not up here. Oh, here we go. Okay, so you know this, hands face space, um, what we're used to hearing. I've done a Hebrews 12 version of this. So you ready? A Hebrews 12 version of this. Instead of hands, what do we have? We have race. Look at, beautifully done, eh? Feel free to clap. Say amen, okay? Instead of uh, face, keep the clapping going. (laughs) Instead of face, we have endurance, yeah? Slightly perturbed by the number of syllables in endurance, but such is life. And then instead of uh, space, we have place. Yeah, isn't that good? Isn't that good? So that is uh, what we're going to be picking out of uh, Hebrews today. And instead of lots of fresh air, we want lots of worship. So there we go. Okay, let's move on. So um, if you could turn with me in the Bibles rather quickly to Hebrews 12, that would be absolutely great. And I'm reading from the ESV. And I'm just going to start with the first couple of verses. So Hebrews 12 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. This is such a great descriptive passage, isn't it? It's a, it's a beautiful picture, and it describes a really common New Testament idea of running a race. And it's really helpful when thinking about the Christian walk, particularly when you think of a long-distance race, you know, 10,000 meters, a marathon, because these races require perseverance. So let's spend a moment, each of us, imagining, putting ourselves in the context of Hebrews 12, okay, in the picture. Where do you imagine yourself? Where do you imagine yourself? My first thought is to imagine myself in like an Olympic stadium, you know, and this passage talks about being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, doesn't it? So this is actually the Old Testament uh, heroes of the faith that Josh spoke about so wonderfully last week, you know, the great faith chapter, Hebrews 11. So I imagine them in the stadium with me. Okay, and then I really start to enjoy myself. So believe it or not, I am not the most athletic person in the world. However, in this picture, I am speeding around the track at pace. I'm running with all that I have. Maybe Moses is in the stands and he's starting a Mexican wave. Can you imagine that? And then you've got Abraham on the other side. He's shouting encouragements to each and every one of us in Hebrew. We shout back shalom because it's the only Hebrew word we know. Do you have a similar picture in your mind's eye? 
Well, before we get too carried away, I better stop us there, because theologically, that's not actually correct. That's not uh, what the writer to the Hebrews is actually trying to say. Thank the Lord that Moses and co. are probably not watching me as I stumble around the racetrack. Instead, the writer to the Hebrews wants us to view this cloud of witnesses, these Old Testament heroes of the faith, as examples of people who have run the race that God has laid out for them, and they've got to the finish line. They've completed the race. They've persevered. And so this is a picture of an encouragement for us to also persevere. Okay, they, they're not cheering us on as such. Instead, their lives serve as an example to each and every one of us. You know, they're not watching our performance. They're there testifying to the grace of God that they got to the end. They completed their race. Recently, uh, my kids were having a competition to see who could hold their breath for the longest. And um, because they didn't have any sort of frame of reference for this, they were managing sort of 15 or 20 seconds. It was about that sort of amount. You know, it's, it's fine. Um, but, then, but then I got involved, and I demonstrated how to really do it, okay? So, you know, I told them they need to relax just need to take some deep breaths, you know, fill their lungs with air. And then after I demonstrated to them how long you could hold your breath for, they managed like 25 seconds. No, they managed double uh, the amount of time that, that they were doing before. You know, they were able to hold their breath for twice as long because they saw an example of someone who could, who could do it for a bit longer, and that raised their expectations. And it's the same in community isn't it? We are church family together who not only should be inspired by the incredible men and women that we read in the Bible, but we should be inspired by the women and men that are around us, by stories like Ken's story. Incredible. Hmm. I am so inspired by people at Grace Church. I'm so inspired by people like uh, Phil Collins and Pete Corpas. You know, these are men who are still going all out for Jesus. They're still going all out for Jesus and they're loving people through our social justice, our compassion ministries. You know, I love seeing the incredible hospitality demonstrated by the Nazareth courthouses and that's shaped the whole community there. Matt and Sam Parfit so inspirational in the way that both of them, have, they've laid down their careers and they've set up um, in, an employment company to support those who are long-term unemployed into work. And in doing so, they're bringing hope into people's lives. And we as a church, we're changing people's lives as a result. The Cheesemans, the Walkers, like incredible pastoral couples who have gone through their own challenges themselves. And then through that, they're able to help people. Uche and Emily Ude, just the way in which they love people in their home group, in spite of having a really young child. So many of our home group leaders I could list right now. Hilary Corn, Heather Brinsley Day, and the way that they are just so keen to pray and pray and pray, and they build community as a result. The Harpers and the Meads, and the fact that they have adopted uh, multiple children between them. Anthony and Margaret Udweni, and the way in which they balance Busy life, busy family life, busy work life, loads of involvement in church. And look, I'm only scratching the surface 
of the people at Grace Church. I could literally spend the next hour or two, I won't, I promise you, but going through our church suite list of people at Grace Church and it's testimony after testimony of people who are being passionate and stepping forward into the race that God has for them. But as essential as this is, as essential as it is to be surrounded by our brothers and sisters living out their lives, witnessing how they live their lives in Christian obedience, this passage is so clear. Our focus is to be primarily on Jesus. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. He is the one who started the race. He's the one who went through the most unimaginable suffering for us, and he is the one who helps us to endure. Do you guys feel weary at the moment? Do you feel like the last year has been the toughest leg of the marathon yet? Are you currently feeling life is full of boredom or temptation or exhaustion, or your own personal unique combination of all three of those things. Well, this message is for you. Because in, the, in the, the Hebrews, the original hearers of this message, they were in the middle of real hardship and persecution. They were tempted to go back to their old religion because the Romans had made it a lot easier for them to worship as Jews than it is for them to worship as Christians. But the Hebrew writer is essentially saying to them, look to Jesus and keep going. Look to Jesus and keep going. He went through the most unimaginable hostility, yet he did not grow weary. He did not make it to the end. And the message is, the title of my message today is, if you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. This is the message today, keep going. The race that we're describing here as well, it's not a competition. It's not about who finishes first. If you don't quit, if you do get to the end, you will win. So I've started to paint a picture of what the race might look like. It talks about running that race with endurance, doesn't it? So let's spend a few minutes on that, point two of that beautiful graphic that I showed you earlier. So how do we keep going? Well, verse 1 tells us to run the race with endurance, the race set before us. How do you build endurance? It might surprise you that running for running's sake has never really been my thing. Like I've loved team sports, but never really been a runner. But I have been a cyclist in my time. And I got my first decent mountain bike when I was age 13 from this treasure trove of a bike shop in Surrey. The bike itself, Trek 7000, aluminium frame speed machine. It was really nice. I loved it. Um, and as I was buying it, I was chatting to the, the guy in the shop. And it transpired that this guy, he used to race bikes professionally. And so that was my dream job as a 13-year-old. I was like, that's amazing. But he said he put that down because he developed other priorities. And his other priorities, in his words, were beer and women. And as a 13-year-old, I was like, what? You had this incredible job, like the best job in the world as a professional cyclist, and you put it down for beer and women. What, what, what's going on there? A couple of years later, if he told me that story, I would have understood a lot more. But as a 13-year-old, I was like, what? This guy's mad. For him, those complete, competing priorities halted his ability to perform at the highest level. 
in your own personal race, in the race that God has laid out for you, what's currently slowing you down? This passage calls for us to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So what's currently affecting your race endurance? What are you esteeming? What are you holding on to? You know, these sins might not even be out and out sins. It just might be distractions, needless distractions, or it might be good things, but nevertheless is what God is not wanting you to, to run with, not wanting you to hold on to at the moment. Something might have popped into your head right now that you think, actually, I could do with putting that down. And we're going to have time at the end to, to respond to some specifics, to let some of that stuff go. A number of years ago, I had a, a crisis moment in my life. So it happened uh, just after the birth of my first child, uh, Emily and my first child, Noah. And um, I'd, at the same time, I got a promotion at work. So I was managing multiple offices in North Nottinghamshire. So I was traveling around a lot there. I was also leading a home group. And I, was, uh, I wasn't an elder, but I was sitting in on the eldership team at Grace Church. And it's fair to say, I was exhausted. I was absolutely, uh, I was so tired. It was the autumn term, and I just thought, look, if I can just get to Christmas, I'll spend the entire Christmas just relaxing, just chilling out, and I should be all right. But just before Christmas came, I ended up with tonsillitis. It wiped me out. I got to New Year, I was back at work, and I was feeling just as exhausted as ever, having not had any real break. So I ended up going to see Nick, who was the leader of Grace Church at the time. And we sat down and we talked things through. I was, I was in tears and it transpired the best thing, the thing that God wanted me to stop doing was sitting in with the eldership team. And so I, I put that down and I stopped being on the team from that point onwards because it was the thing that Jesus wasn't calling me to do. It's obviously a good thing, but it wasn't something that I should be doing at that point. So as we look to Jesus as our example, as we look to him, you know, even he didn't pick up everything. He didn't say yes to everything. So why should we be any different? The reality is when you say yes to something, you're automatically saying no to something else. Isn't that right? So as we move back to normality, praise God, isn't that wonderful? As our diaries start getting busier and busier and busier again, what is Jesus wanting you to focus your energy on? What does the race for you look like over the coming weeks, months, and years? And in order to know the answer, do you know what you need to do? You actually need to spend time with Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our race. So ask him. Spending time with him enables you to run the race that he intended for you. But Jesus is not only our example. He's not only the one who, who uh, perfectly demonstrated how we are to run the race. He's also our strength. If you turn with me to verse 3, it says this. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Such hostility so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. It's through him and him alone 
that he helps us so that we do not grow weary or faint-hearted. He is our comfort. He is our restorer. He is our hope. He is our life giver. He made a way where there was no way for our relationship to be made right with God. He went through the worst pain imaginable so that you are able to run. Verse 12, it says this. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. We, on by ourselves, we cannot strengthen our weak knees. We cannot heal ourselves. But do you know who can? Jesus. He can. So don't let distractions take you off course. Because if you keep going, if you keep going, you will win. So we've looked at the race. We've looked at enduring the race and running the race with endurance. Now let's look at place. Where is the end destination? The finish line. Well, the last few verses of the chapter, they paint a picture of a place called Mount Zion, which among other things actually is a picture of the new Jerusalem, heaven. It says this in verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering. Mount Zion, this description of heaven, our final destination as we finish the race that Jesus laid out for us, is a place where it says we actually get glimpses of it right now. So it's a beautiful end destination, but we see elements of it right now. Verse 28 says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, this is a present rather than future tense. F.F. Bruce, the British biblical scholar, he describes it like this. He says, the city is yet to come, but the privileges of its citizenship are already enjoyed by faith. Isn't that good? We get to experience something of the beauty of Mount Zion as we run the race. We don't see it completely, but we get to experience elements of it. The privileges that we will fully receive as we cross the finish line, as we get to the end destination, as we, as we go to heaven, where we will see our relationship made, we'll see God perfectly, we'll be in perfect relationship with him, we'll hear him perfectly but we get to experience something of that imperfectly as we run the race, as we do the life that God has for us. And eventually we will see Jesus in his city, in all of his glory. So before we worship and before we respond to this, let me just paint a picture. Well, let the Bible paint a picture. Revelation 21, it says this about Mount Zion, about New Jerusalem. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. 
He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall mourning, there'll be all crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. God has made a way for us to dwell with him through Jesus in perfect unity. And there will come a day where there will be no mourning, no more mourning or tears or crying or pain because everything not right with the world will be shaken away. That's where we're heading. That's the prize. And if you don't quit, you win. <laughs> Let's have the band. Okay, we run the race. We run the race with our eyes lifted to Jesus. He's the founder. He's the perfecter of our faith. And it says, doesn't it, at the end, verse 28, that we are made to worship him. So that's what we're going to do right now. He's the one who strengthens our weak knees. He's the one who heals us. He's the one who through his death on the cross made a way for us to not grow weary. And he is with us right now. He's here with us right now. So why don't we, if you're in the room, if you're able to stand up, if you're at home, please engage with this in whatever way you, you want to, but please engage with it. That why don't you give your life, your race, over to him afresh? Thank him for the encouragement that he gives you day by day by day. Ask him if there's anything that you need to put down that's a distraction, a needless distraction to the race that he has for you. And finally, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know the one who makes a straight path for your feet, then you can do today. So during this song, why don't you click on the prayer button if you're uh, watching this online. If you're in the room, feel free to put a hand up and one of the welcome team will, uh, will, will talk to you. But engage with him today. He's the one who's got an incredible race for you. He's got an incredible race for us. And if you don't quit, you win.